I am very enthusiastic about today's message. Um, I've got a lot to get into this morning, and, and, and I hope that we get through it all. If not, then we will continue, okay, uh, for next week. But I, I think I can get through the entirety of this message this morning. But I want, I want to go back to, we're, we're looking at first things first for 2018. In other words, we're looking at the disciplines that we need in our lives, spiritual disciplines that must become a reality and become very real to us. I believe that um, we, we are creatures of habit. There's, there's no doubt about that. Some of you have habits where you go work out every single day. I know who you are because I participate with you sometimes. <laughs> Notice I said sometimes. Um, some of you are creatures of habit. With, well, I hope you're creatures of habit of attending your job. I mean, that is something that you, you need to do, all right? Um, if you recall, I, I gave this quote to you last week, and that is, and this was from Aristotle, that we are repeatedly what we do. That is who you are. You are repeatedly of what you do. In other words, who you are now is, what, is because of what you have done yesterday and the day before that. The actions, the attitudes, the decisions that you have made have formed you into who you are today. And so moving forward, the actions, the attitudes, the things you say, the, thing, the people you surround yourself with are going to form who you are, what, tomorrow, okay? Most of us have this. We have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. Remember, hope, hope we, we, we kind of defined that last week. Hope is wonderful. We understand that. But hope is a motivator, and hope is a strategy. That's all it is. In other words, hope will get you going, but it's not going to accomplish the task. All right? Uh, I, I hear from a lot of people a lot of times, I hope this for my, 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 uh, my children. I hope this for my family. I hope this for my future. Um, and that's great. And there's nothing wrong with hope. In fact, the scripture is full of hope. There's a lot of hope in the scripture. And we read that from Genesis to Revelation. Lots of hope going on. But understand this. Hope isn't going to get you to where God wants you to be. But you must put in action. If you recall, anything worth of value requires work. Remember, I kind of threw out my wife and I, uh, how we got together. It just slightly got really uncomfortable for me up here because I was like, whoa, I need to stop. I need to stop, you know. But anything that's of value to you, you have to put work into it. You have to invest into it. Let me ask you this. Have you allowed God to help you in your life to get to the position or to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he has for your life? We looked at Romans chapter 12, verses 2, and it says this. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. I love that. Remember, change always happens inwardly before it can ever happen outwardly. In other words, you could sit here and tell me today if, you know, you got a habit that you want to break. And I, I hope that we all have something that we want to break in our lives. We all need to be broken at times. You know, we really do. Um, but if you were to come to me and say, Pastor Kevin, there's a habit that I'm going to break. And tomorrow I'm going to choose not to do this any longer. And I'm, that's great. But chances are, chances are, by doing it under your own power, it's only going to happen for a season. You're going to be only be able to do that for a little while. Eventually, you're going to break down and you're going to go back to the way that you were. Why? Because the change didn't happen inside first. So the scripture says, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond 
to it. We, we, we always, we're, we're how, how do I want to say this? Um, we recognize a lot of times what God wants from us. But instead of quickly responding, we become slow to it. And what happens when we become slow to responding to God's voice? We can talk ourselves away from it. But the scripture says what? Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, developing what develops well-formed maturity in you. Here's another version of it, pretty, pretty uh, New King James Version says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. What does that mean? That means be different. Don't be like society. Be different. Stand up for what is right. Stand against what is wrong. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember last week we talked about thoughts. Where, how do we control our thoughts? How, how does this happen? All right. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Understand that the habits that I'm bringing you are not, these are not self-motivated things. These are all backed up through the scriptures. And today's is also going to be backed up through the scriptures as well. The first week we looked at uh, first of your day, first of your year, first of your fruits. What are we supposed to do? First of our day, I'm supposed to pray. First of my year, what am I supposed to do? Participate into a fast like we're doing. Uh, first of our fruits, I mean, what is that? That's giving our 10% back to God, our tithing, our giving, our offerings. Last week, we looked at controlling our thoughts. And today's thought that we're going to take a look at is keeping my life aligned with my purpose. See, we all have a purpose. God has all given every single one of us a purpose, believe it or not. And watch this, in different areas of your life or different seasons or different times of your life, you know, so my purpose might be different now than what it could be you know, uh, 20 years from now. God might have something else in store for me to be involved in. So what the beauty of it all is that there's so many of us and, and so many different age groups represented that we can cover all the purposes that God has in line for our community and how we can reach into our community. Now, I want to tell you guys a story here, and I'm going to tell them myself a lot here in this story. But yesterday, we went to uh, this, this uh, concert of prayer in Baltimore. I say we. There were seven, uh, seven others of us here from the church. And I, uh, I had my van, you know, the van that I love very dearly. <laughs> I, I nicknamed it uh, the Silver Bullet. Yeah. All right. Because that's what it looks like, a silver bullet. All right. And I love my van, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being very sarcastic about that. I, I don't like the van. I, I want something. My wife's fine, but I'm not so thrilled about the van. So anyway, regardless, she's the one that drives it. I guess I could get over it. But so here's what we're doing. We're going to this concert of prayer, and, and man, there are high hopes. It's going to be a great day. Things are going to go well. We get into my van, and we start down the road, you know. And we're driving, and everything's fine. You know, we're just having casual conversation, nothing, nothing wrong. And then we, we roll up into Trap, Maryland, and all of a sudden, my van just like lost all its power, started missing, and I looked in the dash, and it lit up like a Christmas tree, you know what I'm saying? I mean, warning lights, and I'm going, are you serious? I've got all these people. We're going to a church event, and this is what's going to happen to me? Really? Really, God? Really? You know how you blame God? God, really? 
I pull into the, um, into the shortstop, the Valero gas station there. And uh, all of a sudden, my high hopes went from, you know what I mean? It just, I was bottomed out. Everybody else is like, ooh, Jesus is going to come through. And I'm like, ugh. You know, you follow, I'm human. I'm human, right? It happens. You're not an angel every day of your life. And, 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 but, but in my mind, in the back of my mind, I'm going, <laughs> we're going to get rid of this van. This van is gone. Monday morning, Salisbury, here we go. All right. So anyway, uh, thank goodness one of, uh, Mr. Bob Miller has got AAA. If you don't have AAA, which I don't, but I will be now. They came, picked up my van, took it to Salisbury. All right, long story here. I'm getting into the message. It all comes together somehow. I'm not exactly sure how, but it does. And so we're sitting there. And I'm waiting for, for them to come. And then I call my wife, who was home because Carter had a basketball game. And I called her and I said, uh, you're going to have to get up, get ready, get your mom's minivan, and come up here and pick up all these people. And I'm going to have to figure a way how to get back, get back home because the van broke down. And she, she, if you've met her, she's just like, oh, it's okay. Everything's going to be just fine. And I just wanted to reach through the phone and be like, you know. I don't want to hear that right then. No, it's not fine. Now we're going to be out thousands of dollars or I'm going to have to go get it. Well, it's not too bad, a new vehicle, you know? So I'm sitting there and, 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 and I got off the phone with her. And uh, so I called the place where they were going to deliver the, the van. And they said, no problem, Mr. Stanley. We'll get back to you later today and let you know what's wrong with it. I'm like, I know what's wrong with it. It's broken. I need something different. I hate this thing. And uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm going, well, what am I going to do now? I need to call my wife to see if she's gotten everything ready yet for, to, to, kind of, to get up there and to get any of these people. So I call her back, and she's like, well, why don't you just rent a van, and then you can go on to the concert or prayer. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> oh, why didn't I think of that? You know, voice of reason over here, you know. And uh, so I call, and, and I get it set up, but they're like, you know what, but you've got to get to the place. You've got to, uh, Enterprise, you've got to get to the office to pick up the van that we have for you. And I'm going, well, do you not get it? I can't get nowhere. My van is broke down. Well, right while I was on the phone with him, here comes his car right up beside my van. And I look over, and it's a pastor that I know uh, who wasn't going to the concert of prayer because, Mr. Bobby Umflett, I think you've attended this with him. It's a big goose hunt. He has a big geese hunt. And uh, that was the schedule for that day. So he wasn't even going to the concert or prayer, but he was just got done hunting and he was cold. His toes were cold, he told me, and he wanted a hot cup of coffee. And he said, well, what was wrong? And I was like, well, my van's broke down. We're supposed to go to this concert or prayer. I've got a record coming to take my van to Salisbury. I don't know what to do with these people, but I got a van that's over here in Easton. I got to get to it. He's like, well, I'm going that way. I'll just give you a ride. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So we get in the van, we go. And, and in my mind, I'm still thinking, I'm taking these people home. I am mad, and I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. And they drop me off. I get the van, and as I'm coming back to the thing, it was like God just going, really? I'm setting this up for you, and you're just going to let this opportunity go by the waste? And I was like, geez. So I get there, and, and so I ask the question, so who still wants to go to the concert or prayer? Not one person said no. Everybody, yeah, we want to go. And I'm like, all right, load up. You know, so they load up. 
and we're going down the road. There's, there's a meaning behind some of this. Some of you are already following. Don't, don't just, just hang in there, all right? And so we're going down the road, and, and Pohanka calls me. Mr. Stanley, it's going to cost this much money to, for us to even look at your vehicle. I'm like, oh, I hate this van. But in the back of my mind, new van, new van, new van. Or no, not, not, not new van, new vehicle, no van. And, uh, but we'll get back to you later on this afternoon and let you know how much this is going to cost you. And I'm like, yeah, I know how much it's going to cost. It's going to cost a lot of money. So I get off the phone. I'm like, all right, that's fine. So we, we're driving, and then we get up to the concert, concert of prayer. We're an hour and a half late. It's a five-hour thing, but we're an hour and a half late. And I was like, that's all right. So we go down to the bottom floor. It's full of people, and we're like, man. I was like, all right, we got to go to the balcony. So up to the balcony we go into this little section, and we all sit there, and, and it's fabulous. We walk in. Worship's going on. It's a great moment, but here I am. I'm going, I want to worship, but my van's on my mind. Money's coming out of my checking account. I know it. You know what I'm, Have you been there? You've been there already this morning. Some of you are there right now. All right? All right, straighten it up. All right? I'm going to tell you right. Straighten it up. Focus. Focus. So during the worship, all of a sudden my phone rings, which was on silent. Silent people. All right? But I looked. I was like, oh, that's them. So I excused myself, went out the door. And I answer the phone, and this lady with a chippery voice gets on the phone. Mr. Stanley, this is blah, blah, blah from Pohanka. And I'm like, give it to me softly, please. And she's like, well, just to let you know, you bought the extended warranty on your van, and all of your repairs are taken care of, and everything will be fixed. And so, yeah, yeah you know, I could have shouted, woo, praise God. And I, then part of me was like, oh, I'm not going to get a new vehicle now. I'm stuck with this van. I go back in, and, and I let them all know, and, and they were excited for me, and, and I was excited, too, because now I don't have to pay the money. But we're sitting there during the, the concert of prayer, and, and I thought to myself, you know, all right, God, let's do this, man. What, what is it you got? Let's, let's pour it out. There's a reason why I'm here. Why am I here? Why are they here? What is going on? What are you trying to, to communicate? What are you trying to do? And so we're sitting there, and, and uh, I was looking at the program of what, everything that they were going through, different types of prayers and different music, different speakers. And toward the end of it, it said uh, pastoral blessing, you know, a uh, prayer for the pastors. And, um, you know, the, the, the uh, moderator, the, the, the person in charge of the service, uh, chose to interrupt the schedule and said, you know, right now I think we need to go ahead and pray over our pastors. And uh, so what they did was is they took from every pastor in the Church of God in the Delmarva region, which this is my beautiful picture right here. They took this picture of every pastor and posted it all throughout the entire sanctuary, their balcony, their main floor, you know, all over the place. And you were given five stickers that said blessing declared. And you were instructed to go and find five pastors' pictures and go over there and recite this prayer that they, they gave us, and you fill in their name. And so, you know, I went around, and I did mine, and everyone did theirs, and then all of a sudden, I looked over, and right where I was sitting, and the, I mean, it was like, from me to Robert right here, you know, was my picture. Now, to some of you, that's not going to mean a lot, and I get it, but to me in that moment meant a lot. Because I sat there and I thought to myself a couple things. One, if I'd allowed my attitude, 
and my disposition in the moment interfere with what God's plan and how he was trying to align things up, I really could have missed out on a tremendous blessing of how I was being blessed in that moment. And God was just pouring out his spirit. And I'll tell you what, I'm not, and I've said this a lot, but as I say this more and more, I've learned that I'm becoming more and more of an emotional person. All right. But, but as I was sitting there during that service, just, I don't care if you're praying over a thumb, you know, I was just getting all emotional about it and God was just speaking to me, but, or the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. And, and I sat there and I looked and I said, you know, if I'd have came on time, I'd have never been near my picture. I'd have sat on that main floor, but I was late. And because of me being late, who knows what else could have happened where God's protection was involved. But I just so happened to be sitting right next to mine and I didn't even have to go hunting for it. And in my mind, when I saw that, I said, I'm stealing that. I'm taking that picture. And I don't care what they say. Well, sure enough, at the end of the service, the overseer said for, to everyone, all the pastors, go get your picture. I was like, not a problem. Just went there, got my picture, walked out with my blessing, you know? I say that to say this. Yes. I say that to see this, to say this, and that is God's got a purpose for us in our lives. And, and we, often we really look at the long-term purpose sometimes, and we overlook the short-term things that God's trying to do. The short-term matters as well. The little things mean a lot when it comes to God. And my prayer, my hope is that when we leave this service today, that you can understand, I don't care what is trying to interrupt what God is trying to do in your life. Don't give in to it. Don't allow that attitude to overcome you, that disposition or, or that circumstance like it did for me. Hey, I'm your pastor and I about gave in. I'm not, thank goodness I had some strong people with me to keep me motivated. Do you understand why it's important for us to surround ourselves with fellow believers? Amen. So thank you, my little group over here. Our pain is in one place, but the problem that we have is in another. Think about that for a second. And any of you ever been to a chiropractor before, right? And you can go to a chiropractor and you might have some shoulder pain, but the problem is there's something down here is aligned or is unaligned. And all of a sudden that becomes aligned and that shoulder pain stops. A lot of times what happens is we will go through pains in our lives and we will instantly always say it's because of God or a spiritual aspect of it. What we need to understand here is this, is God is not the problem. Our spiritual life is not the issue here. The issue is our attitude. The issue is our disposition. The issue is allowing ourselves to be aligned with the purpose that God has for every one of our lives. Um, I can't think of anything that is more important that brings definition to your money, to your time, your kids, your family, your job, than fulfilling the purpose and staying aligned with it. So why is alignment toward the purpose so important? Here why. Here's why. Because I have a purpose. Every single one of us has a God-given purpose in our life. Life will never make sense until you can learn to align your life around your purpose. Watch this. Psalms 139.16 says this. All the days ordained for me. That, you know, watch this. All the days. I, I want to stop there for a second. There are some days, or I, I kind of like to look at my life as a book. There's different chapters in it. 
And I, I believe if we would allow God to be the author of our chapters, everything would work out smoothly and in the direction of his purpose and plan. But oftentimes we choose to write our own chapters and place them in there when really they don't need to be in there. But what I really love about God is this. You can add your own chapters as much as you want in your life all you want. But the last chapter is always written by God and it's always fulfilling the plan that he's got for your life. So let's go back to the scripture. He says, um, all the days, uh, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So in other words, some of us may be thinking I've already messed up the book. I've already added some chapters. I've added too many things. I've already deleted some things maybe God had in store for my life. So what do I do about it? Do I just give up on that? No. No, we don't give up. God has never given up on humanity, not one single time. God loves us. God's love is enduring. God's love never fails. So we should not take on that attitude of, well, I just give up. You know, I had that attitude the other day, yesterday. I just give up. We're just going to go back home. Well, if I would have given up, I would have never received the blessing that I received during that service. Some of you this morning, your mind is so preoccupied with problems, people, situations, financial matters, job issues. Push it aside. Seek God in his purpose right now. Seek God of what he's trying. Listen, you are not a doormat. God has got a plan for your life. Don't allow yourself to become second best. You are best in God's eyes. God's got a plan and he's going to fulfill it for you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, for we are God's workmanship. That means this, you are specifically created. In other words, it, it breaks down like this. Let me finish reading this. Okay, I get ahead of myself sometimes, sorry. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does that mean? That means this. Before you were created, God had a purpose for your life already. And then he created you to match the ability to fulfill the purpose. Think about that for a second. God in advance already created a purpose for you to fulfill in your life. He didn't create it and then go, oh, well, now what do I do with this? That's not how he, it went. You look at the scripture. It says in advance, God created. So there is something that God is wanting you to participate in and to be a part of and to fulfill. And so then he designed you specifically to get it done. I love that. That means why? I'm important. You're important. You're not just another flesh, a pile of flesh on this earth with bones. No, you are specifically designed for something. I love that. We need to live by design and not by our own defaults. The other thing here is it's because there is competition for my time and attention. Think about that. That's big right now. That's big in my life. God wants my time and he wants my attention. If you let someone else define your life, they will. They will define you, who you are. Have you ever noticed that some people enjoy meddling in the lives of friends and family members before their very own? Think about that. I mean, that's a tough truth. I think people need to be concerned more about their own life Stop meddling in everyone else's business. That's why what? We took seven days off of social media. 
Has anybody felt liberated from that a little bit? You know, like, bam, the chains are broken. Woo. I, 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 I can't lie. I didn't cheat. I did not cheat. But my phone kept notifying me of, like, messages. Like, this person liked something on your, my page, or they, you know, at, and I'm like, oh, I got to turn notifications off because the temptation was there, you know what I mean? But we have so many people who, and, and listen, we fall into that trap as well where we start meddling in other, one, other people's lives and how they can correct their lives and how they can live better. Why don't they do this and why don't they do that? Wait a minute, time out. Let's look at us. Let's look at you. What do you need to do? You need to align up first before, someone else, before you can help someone else align up. Because then if you're aligning up with your purpose, then every intention that follows from you, every word that comes from you, every action that follows from you is lined up with what? God. And then the, self the selfish attitude, the selfish endeavors, they'll become an issue. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and 6 says this. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. In other words, sometimes you're grabbing and you're grasping at things that really have no purpose and no matter in your life, it's like trying to grab onto the wind. It's pointless. You're going to get nowhere. Next thing is this, uh, because time is short. Time is short for your life. You are one day closer <laughs> to the end of your life than you were yesterday. Sorry. That's depressing, isn't it? Sometimes you just got to break it out into reality, though. You're one day closer. You're one moment. You're one breath closer to the end of your life. Time is short. We don't have time to play these games. We don't have time to, to what, did, what did the word say? It said respond quickly. Instead, we're trying to respond slowly and then we talk ourselves out of it and we end up with what? Nothing. James chapter four, verses 13 through 15 says this. Now listen. I love that. When God's word says, listen, you better listen. There's something important here that's about to, a really cool revelation that's about to come out. He says this, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. You know, I, um, that scripture kind of hit me for a moment because uh, I have an older brother and older sister who have passed away. And it caused me to reflect on their lives and the relationship that I had with them. And I, I started going through and I started remembering big events, key things. But then as much as I tried in my mind to think of the little things, it's like I couldn't. How quickly we're here today and gone tomorrow. I want my life to be a big thing in people's lives. I want when they hear, remember we did a whole series on that called Legacy. When people think of you after you're gone, what are they going to remember? Were you a person of God? Were you a person of faith? Were you a person that was going to make a difference? Were you a person that showed love and compassion and kindness and joy and peace, long-suffering? Were you a person that demonstrated those fruits of the Spirit? John Maxwell says this. He said this in one of his books, and, and the book Today Matters. 
I'll never change my life until I change something I do every day. You know, we, we, uh, we just went into our 21-day fast. We did it last year, and, uh, you know, it's hard to say you enjoy a fast, but you enjoy the fast. You enjoy it afterwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? The blessing, come on. That's what we think anyway. I believe what God is trying to do through us as a church and through us as individuals is to break us down so that he can mold us back so that we can do what? Fulfill his purpose and plan and align us into what he's trying to speak into our lives and why he created us in advance for. So how? How do we do that? How, I got four things I'm going to throw at you here. Number one. Decide what is important. Much of your life is not being defined by what's important, but rather is urgent. Uh, Last year, I spoke on a uh, sermon series on that. We're all about responding to the urgent rather than what's important. A lot of times you can look back in life and you can remember the urgent. And how did it really affect you? Well, it really didn't have that much effect after all. And then you think, well, why did I waste so much time and effort? in that. Life has become so demanding, but so many times we will say that whatever that is, is not that important any longer. Philippians chapter three, verses seven through eight says, but whatever was to my profit, or watch this, whatever I was to think was real important, but whatever was to my my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing Greatness. In other words, this, the God things in our life are not just great, but they're what? Surpassing greatly. Greatness. Greater. Of knowing Christ, my, Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish or garbage or trash that I may gain Christ. Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the what surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things that I considered rubbish, that I may gain what? Christ. Second thing is, is give calendar time to the important things. I've had to learn this a lot lately. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and I said, you know, I've learned something. I'm starting to forget things. I turned 40 and I'm starting to forget things. That's horrible. I'm not happy about that. But I learned that I had to keep myself a calendar now. My phone, you have that calendar for a reason. There's reminders for a reason. I need them now. I hate that. Whatever you value in life, you're going to give time to. Remember, if you, lo- if you find something of value, what are you going to do? You're going to work to attain it, to obtain it, to get it, to be in your possession. You're going to work at it. You know, and, and so that means if I value something, if there's something of importance in my life, I need to make sure that I'm giving it the time that it needs. What are the things that you're valuing? You value family. You need to give family time. You really do. I know you value your work because you value your finances and you have to give that time. 
And I'm pretty confident that you do. You value friendships. Why? Because we are created to have relationship. We cannot live life alone. If you do, we become miserable. And I'm not talking about just having a spouse or not. I'm talking about friendships here. Relationships. You need those. They're very, why do you think, you know, February the 4th, we start our life group signups? March 4th will be our kickoff for life groups here at the church. I'm encouraging you to get involved. Build those relationships. Give time to it. And then God. God is important. But God always seems to be the last one, doesn't he? Do you value the time with God? Is God of any value to you in your life? If he is, then you need to give him the time that he desires, deserves, wants, and needs. Give that to him. Make time for renewal. You're trying to fit so much in your life. And one of the things that I had to understand growing up, and my mom and dad were big about this, and I think I've mentioned this before, and it used to really get on my nerves, but Sundays in our home, that was it. You went to church, you're done. We, we went nowhere, we did nothing. Now, I'm not saying that we all have to do that, but what I'm, what I'm getting at here is you could do more in six days with one day of rest than you can do with seven and running around hectic. You must have rest. You must observe a Sabbath in your life. God needed it. If you think God needed it, do you not think that you need it as well? Um, 2 Corinthians 4 and 16 says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Then here we go. Make time for the relationships. The people you pick in your life are some of the most important decisions that you will make outside of following Christ. I used to say this all the time as a youth pastor to, to, to the students. And I would say, look, you show me your friends, and I'm going to show you who you are. Plain and simple. You show me your friends, I'm going to show you who you are. We'll show you what your future is going to look like. It's plain and simple. Who are you surrounding yourself with? It's a really juvenile view of this and statement, but it's very important no matter what your age is. What are you surrounding yourself with? Because whatever it is, that's who you are and what your future is going to look like. I like this one. Eliminate non-essentials. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, says it best like this. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There's some things you need to eliminate in your life that doesn't need to be there any longer. There's some things that are taking up time of other important matters that need to become first. Why do you think we went through the social media thing this week? I wanted to show you. I think God was trying to show us some of the things that we need to push away from. So that we can give more time to other things. Hey, I found that in my own life. I said, wow, look at all the time I got today. I'm not sitting there looking at Dale, whoever Dale is, his life. You know what I mean? Why do I care? And then this, take a regular inventory of your life. Um, stop for a moment and ask yourself this question, even right now. Where is my life out of alignment? 
where is your life out of alignment? <clears throat> I think it's safe for all of us to, 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 to look, and, and I'm going to say this for you, that all of us, in one aspect or another, we have some alignment going on. Yesterday, I, have an, I had an unalignment moment. I had to get back to the purpose. Where are you at? Where, where are you unaligned in your life? Um, the psalmist says this, this prayer. It's a great prayer in Psalm uh, 39. I don't know if you have that or not. You might. Psalm 39, 4 through 5 says this. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. I'm going to close here. And um, my thing is, I want God to help us in our lives to get aligned back to what it's supposed to be all about. I had an alignment moment yesterday. And I'm going to take this, this picture and it's going to hang in my office along with this prayer so that I can be reminded of God and what he's trying to do in my life and in his church. See, the prayer that was prayed over everyone yesterday kind of read like this. And I'm going to put my name in where I was supposed to put someone else's name just so you can have reference. But it says, Heavenly Father, <clears throat> in these days... We, your people, have read and declared in this house of worship the whole counsel of the God-breathed Word of God. And now in this hour, we ask that your God-breathed Word become a refreshing breath of life in the household of Pastor Kevin. Holy Spirit, may you be the life-giving breath of God, bringing life to the promises and blessings of the Word of God, bringing unity in the body of believers that He serves so that Pastor Kevin may be fully equipped to accomplish your purpose for which Pastor Kevin was created. I pray you would breathe wholeness to their heart and soul and mind and strength. Surround them with, with unified believers and all they are and all they put their hands to. For Pastor Kevin is your child and they are blessed of the Lord. So be it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Here's what I'm going to do. This just came to my mind. I'm going to do the best I can. When I raise my hand, I just want you to say your name. Fair enough? Can we do that? Yeah. Say it out loud. Say it proud. This is your prayer for 2018. Heavenly Father, in these days, we, your people, have read and declared in this house of worship, the whole counsel of the God-breathed Word of God. And now in this hour, we ask that your God-breathed Word become a refreshing breath of life in the household of? Amen. Holy Spirit, may you be the life-giving breath of God, bringing life to the promises and blessings of the Word of God, bringing unity in the body of believers that they serve, so that may be fully equipped to accomplish your purpose for which? was created. I pray that you would breathe wholeness to their heart and soul and mind and strength and surround them with unified believers and all they are and all they put their hands to. For 
is your child and they are blessed of the Lord, so be it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we all say, Amen. Amen. You know, absolutely. But before you leave, I want to pray this prayer over you personally to your life because I believe this isn't a who needs to respond message. This is a we all fall into this message. Okay? Every one of us, Lord, align our lives. Align our lives into your purpose and plan. What you have in store for us. God, you spoke to us through your Holy Spirit today. And you said that you are willing and wanting to bring change into our lives, but we must be willing to accept it and to do it. Father, I believe that this is a group of men and women who today have decided in their hearts and their minds and their spirits and souls that they want to be lined with your purpose. God, making the important things, giving it time, their family, their friends, relationships, but more importantly, you. Allowing you, Lord, to breathe the word of God into their lives. Lord, getting rid of some things that are non-essential and allowing you, Lord, to be the focal point and Lord, to be of value. So God, speak into them. Allow your Holy Spirit to move through them. When people see them, God, may people be encouraged by the words that come from their mouths. As your scripture says, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, Lord, be acceptable in your eyes for Lord, you are our strength and you are our redeemer. And God, we proclaim this in every single life this morning. And Father, as we leave this place, may we do so in a spirit of gratitude and of excitement for what you're going to do in every life. Father, we also ask that you will bless the gift, the offering, and the tithing that we can continue to do the ministry and to grow your kingdom. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen and amen. We love you guys.